Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is not about your body. I'm Jesse Neeland and I'm happy to have you here today. I wanted to talk about an absolutely random uh, inspiration that I got from the show Master Chef, which if you've been following me on Instagram lately, you've probably seen in my stories, has inspired me to learn how to bake and cook and do kitchen projects. It's a whole thing. I am committing to a new hobby because it's kind of interesting and uh, it's kind of a good coping mechanism, I think, one of my healthier, more recent coping mechanisms. But I've been watching and I had the thought during one of the seasons, there was this kid who, I don't know, maybe like 20, 21, he had a very strange looking face. So he, he comes on screen, you know, we sort of meet him for the first time and I had like a visceral reaction to his face. And I'm very um, face focused or face sensitive when I watch TV. Like I, I love when characters have good faces. I don't mean conventionally attractive at all. I just mean like expressive or interesting or like I'm very drawn to interesting faces. And this kid had a face that had the exact opposite of being drawn to. I was like, Ugh. I I think I even said out loud uh, to my partner, like, ooh, that kid's got a bad face. And I didn't mean, again, anything that you might imagine. It wasn't like an ugly, conventionally unattractive face. I just didn't like the way it was sort of composed for whatever reason. And as we kind of moved through the season, he did pretty well. He got pretty far and I totally fell in love with him and his face. And what I realized is like, he's such a perfect example of how it doesn't matter how you look. Once somebody gets to see you be animated, it matters how you animate. And I've noticed this when I watch other TV shows too, like particularly things like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, because when I watch shows like that, these are like super conventionally attractive people. And I'll often see someone who is like just, you know, sort of objectively hot, like good looking, chiseled, whatever they are. They're, they're, they hit all of the boxes for conventional beauty norms and ideals. And I will hate their face, not because I think they're unattractive or ugly, but because something about their face makes a, a yucky feeling inside of me. And it's always how they're animated. And this, this language that Drew and I use when we watch these shows, animated is super helpful for understanding the difference between these things. So for example, <laughs> this kid animated beautifully. Like he just... He was so sweet. And I think in his first interview, that didn't come through because he was incredibly nervous. He was so, so anxious. We saw him later be very anxious at different times. And you would see him sort of freeze up, including his his face. And in those moments, it was like a bit uncomfortable to watch just because you could see how uncomfortable he was. You know, he was so, so nervous. And in other moments, he was so sweet and like childish. And he just had this incredible energy that sort of flowed through him and his face. He interacted with all the other contestants in a way that you could just tell everybody liked him. You know, he was just so genuine, authentic, um, very, very odd, very strange person, but adorable. And so I just found him so beautiful by the end. And it was like purely because of the way he animated the way that his energy moved, the way that he engaged and expressed watching him was a joy. And on the inverse, I have seen so many people, particularly, well, people of all genders, but like very particularly good looking men on The Bachelor or Bachelorette where like 
they, if you took a picture of them, I'd be like, oh yeah, they're, you know, they're beautiful, of course. But watching them animate felt yucky, felt terrible, felt, just felt off inside me, sometimes was really bad and like made my skin crawl. And in these moments I'd be watching and going, oh, bad face, you know? But what I mean by that is, is just bad energy, bad juju, bad animation. He animates poorly. <laughs> like the energy that is this person I don't like. And you can see that energy creep up through a person's face in the way that they talk and the expressions that they make. Someone who has a big, open, vulnerable, expressive uh, range of uh, emotions in their face as they talk, you get a really good feel for who that person is. And it's going to feel very good to look at them, to watch them talk and move. This is why I love British TV, because you can see they're so expressive. Their faces are untouched in a way that American TV is not. Like, I don't think most people in the UK do things like get teeth whiteners or straighteners, you know, Botox, um, fillers. Like you just, you see their face in such a raw state that all expression animates properly. Like it moves through their faces. And what's interesting is they're not actually known for being a super expressive population, right? Um, but a lot of times the actors in British TV shows will animate in ways that just feel deeply raw and human and, and appealing to me. Even if I were to have seen a, a picture of them and been like, oh, I don't think that person is beautiful at all. And then I watch them animate and I'm like, oh my God, I love them. This feels so good to watch. What a beautiful face. So a lot of what we think of as attractiveness is, you know, a thought, right? We we think I assess that person to be attractive. That's what attractive means. I've had the thought that on a scale of one to 10, you know, they're like a seven or above, which makes them attractive. It's a, it's a judgment that I made in my mind is how I know somebody's attractive. We don't usually think of it as it's a feeling I respond to inside my body while interacting with them, but actually that's constantly going on. And we can feel that in TV. We can also feel that if you're like chatting with a stranger at a bar, you know, if somebody comes up and talks to you and just has great vibes, great energy, then their face will be animated in a wonderful way that will feel good to look at. And your brain will take all that information and energy and it will it will translate it into thinking they're beautiful. Maybe not thinking they're conventionally attractive because it doesn't necessarily scramble everything you're seeing. And we all know what conventionally attractive means. It's a certain set of boxes being checked, but it will make them feel good to look at. It will make them feel beautiful. And in the opposite as well, you know, think about someone who you just freaking hate your nemesis, your enemy. Every time you've talked to this person, you're like stomach gets clenched up and you see red because they just are a bad person or a wrong kind of person. Maybe they, um, you know, they're like out to get you in some way. And so you just, ah, oh, they, they're just, they make you so mad. They suck and they're a bad person. And when you look at them move, when you look at their face move, when you hear them talk, you are going to be focused on how awful, awful, awful they are. And they will come across as ugly. Not Again, not necessarily as conventionally unattractive, but they will feel ugly to interact with. They will feel ugly to talk to. Watching them, if they're like someone on TV, might feel ugly. But more often than not, actually bad guys in TV, like, you know, the sort of villains of... Uh, stories and narratives that we were told they're played by people who are allowing themselves to be animated beautifully actually 
at least good villains are, I think, because there's something about a compelling villain who feels good to watch when you've really, when the actor does a great job and the writing is good, you can go there. You know, you're like, oh, like there is conflict because yes, they're horrible. They're the villain, but also something about this feels good and it can be really confusing and, and interesting. Whereas a villain in real life, we're not usually like, oh, but you're compelling backstory. <laughs> like, I know why you became the supervillain that you are. We're more like, screw you, you suck. So anyway, all of that is to say, I think we need to consider this when we start, you know, our conversations about who is attractive, who isn't attractive, particularly when it comes to celebrities, actors, people we see in TV and movies, because, and actually everywhere, like people we meet at a party, people we're considering dating. Instead of saying, they were good looking or they weren't good looking. They were hot or they weren't hot. They were attractive or they weren't attractive. I would encourage everyone to start talking about how the person animated and how their energy felt to you and how you felt in your body while interacting with them. Because these are way more important pieces of information than whether or not they checked a certain amount of boxes. You know, you might say, okay, well, they had um, a conventionally attractive body, chiseled cheekbones and perfect hair. Therefore they were hot, even though when I talked to them, I had a sort of icky feeling in my skin and my chest, a little bit of a buzzy feeling that made me want to push away, get a, get a little bit further space between us. That was the feeling I had, but they're hot. They were great. They were so sexy, but actually I wanted to like move away from them or actually I, you know, my stomach felt really tense, not in a butterflies way, but in a, in an uncomfortable way. Cause they were being, you know, maybe too pushy or they reminded me of someone who I didn't like or any number of reasons. Right. So I, I encourage us to get a lot more, um, granular when it comes to what we're responding to in another person, when we say hot or not hot, attractive or not attractive. Now, if the question is just straight up, like, are they, um, conventionally attractive, like th obviously that's a completely different conversation, but that's not usually what people are trying to say when they talk through these ideas. You know, you don't say, I went on a date with a, a guy last night. I might say, oh, they were conventionally attractive, but you know, I might give that context because it is an important bit of context, but I didn't feel attracted to him or something. Um, but I wouldn't say, yeah, absolutely. They were attractive when in fact I was not attracted towards them because in my body, I was having a bit of a yucky reaction, you know, like that is way more important to whether or not this thing is going to work out than did they check a certain amount of conventionally attractive boxes. That's always why I encourage my clients and my friends and everybody I talk to, to be more granular when they experience these things. And also to use the language of animation or energy, because those are things that feel a lot more truthful. And they really take us into a conversational place that is a lot more impactful and powerful. Because if a, you know, a close friend of mine said, oh my gosh, I hate that girl. She's animated so badly. I would immediately be like, oh my gosh, tell me about her. What are you talking about? What are you responding to? What do you see? And I'd be really curious to hear the answers. Whereas if she said, I hate that girl. She's ugly. I'd be like, okay, like I don't have any follow-up questions. You just seem kind of like a judgmental jerk to me. You know, this, the, the second one, just ugly, doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't really have a truthful ring to it either. Because I'm like, well, I'm sure other people disagree. Or if I see her, maybe I disagree. 
But if you if I saw a picture and you said she's just got bad energy, I would immediately want to know what that means. Give me some examples. What kind of energy is it? What does it feel like to you to be around? Now, of course, this all sort of implies that I'm invested in one way or another in the person. But I just think that this is one of those things that we can be a lot more specific about. And since I've been thinking a lot lately about how body neutrality is our default state, it's what we're born with. And the only reason that it gets interrupted is because we learn to sort of overlay stories, interpretations, meaning, significance, lies on top of how we look in our bodies. And the whole thing of neutrality is just clearing that stuff away so that you have clear, neutral, objective vision again. And I do apply this to the body, of course, but I apply it to everything else too. Because if you like, I don't know, uh, looked out into your... Well, let's say, let's say you look at your house, right? Your house is a complete disaster. It's an absolute mess. And people are coming over soon and you're saying to yourself, oh my gosh, I can't have people come over. My house is a disaster. Everyone's going to hate me and think I'm a slob. So that is a bit of a story, right? The clear and objective truth of the situation is your house is dirtier than you would want it to be for people to come over because you want them to believe you're a certain kind of person. And lately, due to whatever circumstances, you haven't been that kind of person. So you're actually feeling some shame or some embarrassment about the state of your house because it reflects where you've been lately. Or maybe it doesn't reflect where you've been lately at all. And it's just like, I'm embarrassed about this because it doesn't reflect where I am lately, but I've been too busy to do anything about it. And that just sucks makes me uncomfortable. I worry about what people will think. So that's a lot more truthful and objective and clear and neutral than the first thing, which is, oh my God, I can't let people come over. This is disgusting. They're all going to hate me, right? So when you're like, I hate my body because I'm fat and ugly and no one's ever going to love me, that's a complete story. It's a whole bunch of stories, actually. If you say, I hate my body because I live in a fat phobic world and it bothers me, that people will make assumptions from their fat phobic biases, um, that is really true and clear and neutral. It doesn't necessarily solve the problem, but being able to see things from this true and clear and neutral place changes everything about how you hold those facts. And it changes everything about how you feel about them. Because in the one where like your body is the problem, then you would feel naturally shame, right? Or your house is the problem, you'd feel shame. When you start shifting it into, ah, oh, this doesn't align with what I want people to think of me, now you're really looking at something more interesting. And if you're looking at, well, I don't want, you know, to, I live in a fat phobic world and I hate that other people will apply their anti-fat bias to me. Now you're kind of mad at them instead of you, right? Now it's not shame. Now it's, now it's irritation or sadness because it's something aimed outward where it belongs, and I really believe that when it comes to attractiveness, all that same clear and neutral vision should apply. We shouldn't be talking about people as if the story of who is attractive is true, because the story of what's conventionally attractive is just a story. Like we make that up. It changes year to year, you know, about who is conventionally hot and who isn't. What kind of bodies are in vogue and, and what kind of bodies are out of vogue? Like those are things that are stories and interpretations. There is no objectively hot look there just isn't or else it wouldn't have changed so dramatically over the generations you know we know that it does change so we know that it is subjective and so when we talk about this stuff the clear and neutral and objective truth is more like that person felt good to look at like that's true <laughs> or that person did not feel good to interact with I didn't like watching their face there are plenty of actors who that's what I'll say I'll say I just don't like watching their face Kirsten Dunst, I don't like watching her face. I don't like watching her talk. I don't like watching her move. 
nothing against her. I actually think she's really talented. I just don't like watching movies with her in it. And that's why I find the way she animates unpleasant in my body. It's not an insult to her because I don't need to judge whether or not she's attractive in order to know it doesn't feel good for me to watch it. Whereas there are plenty of actors, so many actors who I just freaking love to watch their freaking faces <laughs> makes me so happy to watch the faces in um, that show Sex Education. All those kids faces, great faces. They're just fantastic. They make me so happy. They make they feel so good. It's entirely subjective. I'm not saying, hey, you should watch this show and, and enjoy all their faces. You might hate their faces. I don't know. It's a subjective experience, but the point is when we call it a subjective experience and we name it for what it is, we take away this whole thing of like the whole lie that we're judging people based on some objective story or some objective standard, I should say, of who is attractive and who isn't. It's a lot more truthful to say it feels good for me to look at their faces than to say, you know, those were, those, those actors were very pretty. I don't know. Maybe they're not pretty. But it doesn't change the fact that it feels good for me to look at them and watch them talk and move. Like that's a human connective experience. And it's a good one. Whereas judging people based on how closely they hit uh, uh, conform to a certain standard, that is not a positive human experience. That's like that puts us in our heads, that puts us in a judgy place, that puts us in a place of scarcity and negativity. And it just, you know, makes the world more garbagey too because then we've got people going around terrified that no matter how likable they are and how wonderful it feels to interact with them that they're not quote-unquote hot enough and this develops body image issues because it, it spends all of the attention in the wrong place it assumes that the thing that makes someone wonderful to look at is whether or not they check boxes rather than how they animate as a person what their energy is like and how it feels to be around them so that's my spiel on that for today Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you like it, I would love if you left me a review, um, if you give me a rating, if you drop by on Instagram, you can find in the link in my bio, uh, my Patreon, if you'd like to support me in making all of this free content that I make for you. I also do YouTube videos. You can you know, find my YouTube channel at Jesse Neeland. Uh, and you can check out my website, jessineeland.com. I've got tons and tons of free content and blog posts there as well. So I am happy to have you here listening, reading, watching, whatever it is you're doing, uh, unpacking all of the topics that have to do with body image that people don't necessarily think about having to do with body image, going deeper and getting to the truth of this stuff with me. So thank you for being here and I will catch you next time.